We are in the middle and drawing toward the close of our series of talks on the subject of how to overcome evil, a very important matter for Christian people, many of whom are defeated by the forces of evil day by day in their lives. We saw, as we were studying Romans 12, verses 14 through 21, that God's basic formula for overcoming evil is that we recognize that we're in a war, that we must not lose the battles of that war, but indeed must win the war. He says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil. And how? With good. And we've looked at various things that he's told us to do. To bless those who persecute, that's asking God to do good for those who have done wrong to us. To rejoice with those who rejoice and weep with those who weep and to be of mind toward the same mind toward one another, not haughty in mind but associating with the lowly and not wise in our own estimation, verses 15 and 16. Those verses tell us that in the church we need to become one with each other, to overcome the evil that exists between us so that we can be as a, a single man fighting the battles together against uh, the foe. And then verse 17, never pay back evil for evil to anyone, but to plan ahead for what is right in the sight of all men, or what is proper, or fitting, or lovely in the sight of all men. And so here again, we're to overcome evil with good. Instead of play, paying back uh, what in kind what people have given to us, uh, somebody kicks us in the shins, we kick them back, literally or figuratively. Uh, instead of that, we have to plan ahead as to how we will respond with good. And you see, uh, that planning ahead is what is essential to really doing it when the occasion arises. It's so easy to let the emotion of the moment dictate when we don't have an alternative plan well in mind that we have planned out in the cool rather than in the heat of the battle. But if we do plan ahead and we have good ideas and good plans and good suggestions as to how we will meet various kinds of evils that are done toward us, then we can really handle those situations when they come. When they come. That's why sometimes it's good to role play a situation like that, even in your very family, as to how you would handle certain things when they come, or at least run through them in your conversation. Now verse 18 which is a most important verse for us to keep in mind because it settles an awful lot of questions that people bring in counseling and that people have in general. Listen to what Paul says. If possible, so far as it depends on you, be at peace with all men. Now, the first thing I think you need to recognize is that it isn't always possible. It's always desirable and it's always something that we should try, and it's something we should try in all ways to achieve, so long as those ways are good ways. Uh, but it is not always possible to be at peace with everybody. And there are people who will continually do us wrong. There are people who will continually uh, do those things in order simply to persecute or provoke us to anger. But you see, the Christian is to try uh, in every conceivable way that's legitimate uh, from the Word of God to be at peace with all men, not just other believers, but the word all men there means with unbelievers as well. Now maybe your, uh, your mother-in-law is not an easy person to get along with, and maybe she's not even a believer. But it's your job 
to try to be at peace with her. Everything that you can do to bring that about is to be done. Notice what he says. If possible, so far as it depends upon you, be at peace with all men. That's the key to the verse. You are to do good no matter how much wrong the other person does. No matter whether the other person seeks peace or not, you must seek peace. You must do everything within your ability, within your power, to be sure that from your side of the relationship with the other person, no matter who he or she may be, that from your side of that relationship, there is nothing left that might be done in order to bring about peace. If there is sin that you need to confess and wrong that you need to right, then you're to do it. If there is something that you could do to reach out to the other person, you ought to reach out. If there is forgiveness that you need to extend to the other party, then you need to extend it. Whatever it is that depends upon your doing something in order to bring about peace in your relationship with another, you must do. This verse, of course, indicates that Paul and the believer never caused trouble intentionally. Paul was in a lot of trouble. He tells you about it in his letters, and the book of Acts indicates that too. But the trouble that Paul got into was always trouble that somebody else brought on him. Paul never sought that trouble out. He tried to live a quiet life and peaceable life, as he advised the Thessalonians. Love always seeks peace, not war. And the wars can be won, and the peace can prevail by overcoming evil God's way. And so there are three things, I think, to keep in mind that this verse would make clear to you. First, you are not to provoke any kind of trouble or any kind of battle with the enemy. You don't need to provoke battles with the enemy. He'll provoke enough of them on his own. It's not the Christian's job to pick a fight. Secondly, you're not to protract any battle that is unnecessary. For example, the scriptures tell us in the book of Proverbs that a soft answer turns away wrath. In other words, as he says, uh, you are to bless rather than return in kind. And that means about your speech as well as anything else. A soft answer turns away wrath. A colleague of mine at the counseling center often puts it this way. He says, the Christian, when somebody hits him, should be like punching a pillow. It just sort of gives. It doesn't spring back. There's not much fun in punching a pillow. So you don't provoke anger. You don't protract or extend or widen it but you try to uh, mollify that anger or that difficulty. And then thirdly, you don't prolong it. Ephesians 4 says if there's a difficulty between you and someone else, you're to go to that person and seek to get, bring about reconciliation right away. You're not to let the sun go down on your anger. This we read in Matthew 5 in a different form where it says if you're offering your gift at the altar and you remember that someone has something against you, you're to drop your gift and go be reconciled with that person and then come back and finish your act of worship before God. It is urgent, so urgent that it takes precedent over an act of worship. It is urgent matter that you get a reconciliation with another person uh, settled as quickly as possible. So the Christian never causes trouble, never provokes it, doesn't protract it, and doesn't prolong it. Lord, help us to try to be at peace with all men. So far as it depends upon us, we pray for Christ's sake. Amen.